Put down the devices and open your ear holes because that's right. You have walked right into the realm of Mark Talk and I am your host Mark with a C that starts my last name, not my first name. It's Mark with a K. Mark Mark C. Um I only bring that up because I tend to run into a lot of marks these days, whether it's in the, uh, you know, the media space or, frankly, uh, every once in a while in real life, mark with a, that spells it with a C at the end of it. And I kind of just go, but why? Who would do that to you? Nevertheless, it's all good. Your fearless leader has returned. I know I took a uh, pretty much took a month break, a whole month, almost two, almost two. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, but the biggest main reason was I just needed a break. I needed a break from talking about things uh, as far as the nerd realm goes and the geekscape, uh, the the space. It was just time for me to take a break. I didn't want to think about things. I didn't want to talk about it. Even though I did do it uh, on occasion with uh, some other great people that are in the uh, sort of the, uh, the, the the media space or the, the geek realm and uh, the trivia leagues. Because, you know, I like to lend a helping hand when I can. And sometimes I do like to talk about certain things certain movies or TV shows and the like, but as far as basically uh, uh, ranting by myself and ranting about my thoughts, my feelings, my frustrations, sometimes you just gotta take a step back and go, you know what, no, not gonna do it, not gonna talk about that, maybe later, maybe later when I've had time to cool down, when the whole world has had time to cool down. So you would think that I would not be doing another episode of Mark Talk discussing certain popular uh, franchises that are happening now and that are uh, getting people talking. You would think I would just steer clear from that and probably not return till well into the new year. But alas, here we are, because honestly, I felt I owed it to you, the listener. I owed it to myself, the host, to just get on board and and do the thing that I love to do, and that's discuss things. So now that uh, some time has passed, uh, we've gotten some things already uh, uh, in the bag. It's time to talk about a few things. And I guess the biggest elephant in the room. How did I feel about Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker? The end to the saga. You know, and until in 10 years they decide they want to reboot it. But the end to the Skywalker saga finally at last. And an end to the fandom and all its divisiveness. And an end to all the bickering. An end to all 
the... Uh, I can't even finish the thought. Can't even finish this. Because you know that's not the end of it. It will never end. The, the debates, the discussions, the arguing, the bickering. It will never end. It is doomed to continue forever. Especially now. Because now, with the release of The Rise of Skywalker, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but what I will say is this. The backlash, the discord that fell upon Episode Eight, The Last Jedi, if it was bad before, let's just say now it's going to get even worse. Because, well, again, no spoilers, but there were things happening in The Rise of Skywalker that me, a fan of The Last Jedi, one of the few, there are things that uh, I did not agree with. There are things that I didn't understand why they were happening. And that's really all I can say about it. That's uh, Without going into great detail, that's really all I can say. Now, I can tell you whether or not I liked the movie uh, or whether I didn't like it. I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't know how to feel when we left the theater. My, uh, my friends and my brother could tell you because we all saw it together. We all had thoughts. And I had so many thoughts, but they kept asking me, but did you like the film? And I did not have an answer. I said, I have to let this process. I have to sleep on it. And I slept on it. I slept on it again and again. And I have not seen it a second time yet. I'm sure I will. Uh, and finally, I think I came to the conclusion that The Rise of Skywalker has a lot of fantastic moments. But as an overall narrative... The film, to me, fell a little short. I would say I liked about 60% of it. So, 60-40. So, whatever grade you want to give that, I guess that's what I give it. But apparently, the majority of people watching this thing are kind of over the moon about it. I recall seeing several people in the space talk about how this might be their new favorite Star Wars. This might be the the best ending to the saga they could ever they they could ever have dreamed. Some just say they flat out loved it. And every once in a while I'd, I'd run into the ones going, "Nope, I hated that." Or that made no sense. Why do they do that? And I'll admit, I was kind of uh, in both camps. Because as I said, the movie's full of great moments. And in those moments, I was going, this is fantastic. This is great. But then the rest of the time, I was going, but why are they doing that? Why is that the decision? I can't even tell you if the movie was bold with the decisions it made because I don't know that that's necessarily true 
But did I have fun? Well, for some of it. Will you have fun? I don't know. And that's been the really curious thing. Uh, Friends close to me ask me what I thought of it because they really want to know whether they should even bother. And I found that flattering because why would my opinion mean anything? But still, they want to know. They want to know what they can expect because they know I will not, I I won't BS you. I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. But what I try to do is tell people, you know what? You want to know if it's worth the watch. And I will either tell you, yes, it absolutely is. Or I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, save your money and wait till you can stream it for cheap or less. This one, I had to tell people, you know what? You might as well go see it because I don't know what your reaction is going to be. And then there are those that I went, I think you will straight up hate this movie, but you should still go see it. Because, you know, as a, as a self-proclaimed fan, you owe it to yourself to see the saga through. It's kind of like, if you're a fan of the MCU, but not all of it, believe me, there are plenty of people like that. They, they like about half of those movies. Okay, you still owe it to yourself to go watch Avengers Endgame because one, that movie culminates the whole series, you know, 10 years worth of work. And even if you only liked half of it, you owe it to yourself to check that movie out to see where it all ends for this particular saga. It's all about sagas, you know. And, you know, the people have spoken. And, uh, you know, $2 billion later, maybe more, it sits atop the, uh, it sits atop the mountain, that movie. And that's because, well, the movie's good. The movie's fantastic. I love that movie. I, I don't know that I talk about that movie enough, and I'm sure I'll talk about it more as time goes on. Maybe, maybe I'll do an episode where... I don't compare, but I, I sort of, uh, I juggle the narratives of Infinity War and Endgame together as they are two pieces of one puzzle. Different movies, but still very much connected. You don't get one without the other. But I'm supposed to be talking about Star Wars, so I digress. Uh... But I've said my piece, you know, like I said, I'm not going to spoil anything. It's still new, it's still in theaters. Interesting enough, though, right now, this is one, this is the one in the new saga, uh, the, the new trilogy that has made the less amount of money, which is very, very strange. Is it possible we have now entered the realm where Star Wars fanatics are fatigued? Or they're just sick of it, or they just... Maybe they just didn't care. Maybe it just came out uh, at the wrong time, and uh, maybe the numbers have doubled or tripled because of the holidays. Don't know. 
but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see when the month is out. And speaking of, it is post-holidays. Yuletide cheer to all. Uh, hope you had a Merry Christmas. Uh, happy Hanukkah. And all the various things that you celebrate or if you don't celebrate. It is Yuletide, though. So for, for all, my, uh, all my heathen friends out there. And by the way, if you want a really good book to read for the Yuletide season, I strongly recommend Krampus the Yule Lord by Brahm. Yes, it's a fictional book, uh, but it's, it, it's, it's based on a lot of the, the Krampus lore and uh, where it falls between, uh, uh, you know, the stuff going on with Christmas and Yuletide. It's a fascinating piece of fiction. I love it. It, it might be one of my favorite books now. If you like fiction writing, if you like monsters and crazy uh, mythology, you'll enjoy it. I only bring it up because uh, Audible is a fantastic tool that I use all the time. And no, this is not a paid ad. This is just me talking about, hey, I enjoy the Audible app. I use it frequently because I drive constantly and sometimes I'm just sick of listening to the same songs. Sometimes I'm sick of listening to podcasts because I just don't want to, I don't want to hear it. So I like to read a nice book, but I don't have the time to just read the book. So why not have someone read it for you? And they could it could range from various voice actors to you know celebrities that you know uh, to the very people that write the books. I love it. Ron Perlman has a memoir, and he reads it on Audible. It's great. He's not the only one. I tell you, speaking of Star Wars, I've never been so into the uh, you know the Star Wars Legends books. You know, the expanded lore that apparently isn't canon anymore. Uh, nor, I guess, was it ever, but here we are. However, I have, quote-unquote, read a few of the books that are either in Legends or the ones that do tie into the canon continuity. And they're pretty fantastic. It's pretty amazing to see these great writers dipping their hands into the Star Wars universe. And I can't help but wonder, why aren't these people getting hired to work on the movies and the TV shows? It's very interesting. Speaking of TV shows and Star Wars, at this point, everyone has been watching The Mandalorian, am I right? With the release of the Disney Plus app, they decided to just go balls to the wall. We Not only are we, Disney, releasing this app that's going to allow you to revisit all of our stuff in the vault, our classic movies, uh, all the Marvel movies that you were missing on Netflix. Now we're giving you a brand new Star Wars TV show, live action, called The Mandalorian. And it has been fantastic. Fantastic! It's like the Western uh, samurai mashup inspired space show that you didn't know you wanted. 
And now that you got it, you don't want to let it go. At least that's how I feel. This coming from a guy who is a casual fan at best, I'll keep saying it because it's true. I mean, it's, it's Lone Wolf and Cub. Just to give you an idea. What I love the most about The Mandalorian is you really don't have to know anything in Star Wars. You can go into it pretty fresh. I guarantee you this show is inspiring so many new uh, would-be fans or would-be filmmakers who aren't steeped into Star Wars lore at all. The show is just that well made. I think the writing's fantastic. The directing has been really great. Especially from a couple episodes. And I, 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 if you're watching, you know which ones they are. The ones directed by Deborah Chow. Who will be directing and uh, getting the, the ball rolling for the next Disney Plus Star Wars show, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Or maybe it's just Kenobi or Obi-Wan. I don't know. Starring Ewan McGregor. Coming back to the role after all these years. And if you've seen her episodes that she's directed of The Mandalorian, well, I think it's safe to say we can breathe a very heavy sigh of relief because that show is in some good, capable hands. I'm excited. And the what's really great about The Mandalorian, or at least it seems like it on the surface, it seems like this show has put an end to the divisive fandom. Even if you hate what's going on in the movies right now, or you just, you're just not, you're not completely on board. It's not, it's not doing it for you. I am seeing everyone agree. We're all, we're all basically shaking hands and, uh, here's, here's our, uh, compromise. You love The Last Jedi. I hate it. You hate The Force Awakens. I love it. And, this, this, and Rogue One and Solo and bickering back and forth, we're never going to agree. However, let's shake hands on the compromise that The Mandalorian is fantastic. We're coming together. This show has united the fans. And I know, I'm sure there's a few bad eggs out there watching The Mandalorian going, meh, it's worse, whatever, it's whatever, it's kind of dumb. And to them I say, (sighs) heavy sigh. Fine, as is your prerogative. I for one think you're wrong, but just my opinion. But for the majority of us, I think we're all enjoying it. And if that is, if that show is going to speak on how the rest of the Disney Plus shows are going to go, not even just in Star Wars, but the Marvel ones we have coming up. I mean, Disney already had my money. The second they said, you know what? We're going to do TV shows on, on this Disney Plus app featuring all these Marvel characters. Shows that might not have happened in the movie world, but they're still connected. And we're bringing back the same cast members. And we're expanding on their roles. We're giving them bigger roles. That's awesome. You had my money. Because I'm 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 in I'm in I'm in for the MCU. 
You already had me. You had me at hello. So it's exciting times. And I guess I just uh, felt like I needed to say my piece. But branching off of that, we should probably talk about Watchmen. Because Watchmen, I mean, I don't even know how to start. Well, no, I know how to start. But I won't go into it until after a very short break. And welcome back. So now, I, you know, I tried to use the break to kind of collect my thoughts on what I was going to say about the newest HBO limited series, Watchmen. Now, it's important to know, because evidently this is still not abundantly clear. At the point of this recording, the entire first slash parentheses only, question mark, season has ended. And still there's some confusion, so let me me go ahead and point this out. Watchmen on HBO is a sequel show to not the movie adaptation per se, but the actual graphic novel written by Alan Moore and illustrated by Dave Gibbons, respectively. That I can see why why there would be confusion though, because the movie, and I'm one of the few, although I think there's a sudden resurgence of people that are uh, appreciating the movie by Zack Snyder. I think the movie adaptation is pretty well done. Actually, I kind of really love it. Uh, the director's cut edition of it. Uh, however, because it's a movie and because there are just some things that wouldn't be either relevant at the time the movie was made or just they, there was just a lot of explanation to, to be had had they adapted the book straight up. So, some things are changed. And because of that, the people that saw the movie are watching the show and they're confused by some things. And, and that, that, that'll happen. So, while the, the movie is a pretty good adaptation of the graphic novel, there are some changes made and there is a lot of story within the pages of the comics that you can't really tell in a uh, three-hour movie. You might think so, but no, there's, 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 a lot, there's a lot left on the table, or not even left on the table, there's just a lot that they couldn't throw in. And believe me, that director's cut is three, it's over three hours, so he tried. Zach tried to put in as much as he could to make it all cohesive. But in order to do that, there were some changes that had to be made, and there was some uh, expansion on certain plot points that could not be upheld. Thus, the TV show has no problem with addressing some of the stuff and expanding on aspects that 
more or less went uh, under the radar. You can do that because you have a, a much longer form of storytelling in a TV show versus a three-hour movie. So the movie, you can't really watch the movie and then go right into the TV show. You can't do it because I mean, there's a huge there. there there's a, there's a lot. There's a lot of. I don't want to say there's a ton of differences, but there there's a few important plot points to that happen in the show that are directly influenced by the events of the graphic novel that you don't get in the movie. So if you watch the movie and go into the show, you're going to be confused. So right off the bat, and it's still uh, still people don't, uh, and that I think that's turned a lot of people off of it. Because they don't understand what's going on, because they they're not understanding that this show takes place 30 years later. Also, this is an alternate world, just like in the graphic novel. That's an alternate 1985. <clears throat> so, what Damon Lindelof, the showrunner, does is he he reimagines that alternate world and what it would look like 30 years later in a new location. So, at first, this show did not grab me the way I thought it would. I was super stoked, super excited to see just the Watchmen universe be expanded upon. I loved the cast of people that were going to be involved in the show. They were very vague on details, so you were left in suspense until you actually sat down to to watch it. But even then, even as episode one ended, and they throw a lot at you in that first episode, I was left thinking, okay, Maybe we'll get some answers in probably the next two episodes because if I'm right, I think there's only going to be nine episodes per season this this season, maybe eight. So we have to tell a lot of story really quickly. And still, I was not a hundred percent on board. There was just so many questions I had, and they weren't really tying up there were a lot of loose ends I felt like I don't think we're going to get tied there was a there was one plot line in in particular that I was going I think this is not going to go anywhere eventually it did but it sort of left me going yeah but what what's the purpose of that and I got my answer because by the time this show ends, I mean, it, it, it's like, I remember thinking, what in the hell, in a good way, because this show is ambitious and bold and eye-opening and really makes you kind of rethink the world around you and the people you interact with. And, uh, and it's, did I mention it's informative? The, the the first episode opens with the uh, the massacre of Tulsa, which, from the looks of it, you go, 
well, that's an interesting piece of fiction. And turns out, no, this happened. This is an actual event in our American history that nobody talks about because so many people don't know about it. And uh, admittedly and regretfully, I had no idea about this. If I if I was ever taught upon the uh, uh, you know the massacre of Black of Black Wall Street, then it was very brief because that's certainly something that I. I would, I would imagine, I, how could you forget that? Like, how do you forget that? How does history just sort of sweep that under the rug? There's a lot about American history that we're not proud of. We being, you know, <laughs> the, uh, 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 the, uh, the Americans of, of today. Hindsight is twenty twenty. However, uh, the mistakes of our forefathers... You know, those are wild, terrible. The, we, we have to use that as uh, stepping stones in learning how to be better. There's a great saying of uh, those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. And unfortunately, I think we're in that time. And it sucks. And I hate it. Me being someone who lives in the uh, southern region of uh, America, it's... Ugh. It's 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 not good. It's not good. Um, I don't like what I see around me sometimes. Uh, not that I would compare it to what the poor souls of you know the 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 last century had to endure. Uh, much less uh, do I do I compare it to what we're what we see with the Tulsa massacre. But. It, still not good things around us, and, it, and it's it's really disheartening. It's upsetting, and I think that is one of the reasons why Damon Lindelof brought this particular. Th- I mean, he he basically bases the whole show on this event, while continuing to tell a story set in the Watchmen universe. You know, we get to see. What happened to Dr. Manhattan after he left Earth? His life on Mars. Or is it? We get to see what happens to Lori, uh, the uh, the second Silk Spectre, who, I'll be honest with you, is my least favorite character in that in the whole graphic novel. It, she's it is it is cringeworthy reading her reading her dialogue and, and just her character I, I don't even know that I would say she develops. It's really, it's kind of, uh, it's heartbreaking because I know for a fact Alan Moore is capable of writing a great female part, but I just do not like, do not like Lori's character in that book. But then you cast her older self as Jean uh, Smart and give her an actual, like, something to do. And now her character like her character completely developed. And there she is. We get to see that. We get to see what happened to her. We get to see uh the journey of uh of Adrian Veidt, aka Ozymandias. How does the man who quote unquote saved the world, how does he go on after that? What happens to him? 
And then we get introduced to a new slew of, uh, of characters, uh, would-be masked vigilantes, people who are trying to live in this world that is, for all intents and intents purposes, it died. Like, what happens when the world died? How do we rebuild 30 years later? Do we truly rebuild as a society? You know, what? what's happening in the places that you're not thinking about? Like Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now everybody knows. Now everyone has had their eyes open to this, this forgotten event in our history. Which is a good thing because it sucks that so many of us didn't know... Uh, or didn't realize that this was an actual thing. And I know uh, there are probably a lot of you listening thinking, well, I remembered it. And I'm glad. I'm glad you did. I'm, I'm disappointed and upset with myself. Now, I don't, I don't pretend to be a historian or a, uh, a history buff. I leave that for people like my brother or, you know, better, better people that are, you know, that are just into retaining the history knowledge. And it's not that I'm not into it, I just don't. But that, that is something that needs to be talked about. That's something that needs to be remembered. So I gotta applaud the show for bringing that to light. It's just a shame that it had to be done, uh, you know, through the, 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 uh, the Oculus of a fictional TV show. And as I mentioned, the show still took a hot second for me to go, I I think I'm on board with it, but there's just, there's so much going on that I don't know if you're going to stick the landing and boy, do they stick the landing with the, with the revelations, with the, the plot twists, just like, I mean, it, it honestly felt like I was reading the book again. Because I remember going into Watchmen, everyone, this was a book that was highly revered. And me being a comic book reader, I go, well, I got to read this thing. This is being called like the greatest comic book ever written. I got to read it. And I'm reading it, and there's, there's, like I said, there's a lot happening within that book. Uh, a lot of side stories that are that are connected. Uh, it's it's a comment on where we are as a society through the prism of uh, masked vigilantes that live in the quote unquote real world. What does that mean? What does that do for us? What happens when an actual superpowered being? comes into existence here on earth and then you know this this alternate take of 1985 i mean this this show it had me feeling like i was rereading watchmen for the first time just through a different uh different point in time this reimagined 2019 so bravo i gotta say bravo and the way it ends, I mean, you can't, it, it would be difficult for me to say that I don't want to see where it goes from that because quite frankly, I do. However, part of me really thinks that if you continue after that, you're going to ruin 
the magic. I mean, that's that's lightning in a bottle. I think. You know, you you had you had a shot to to get this right, and I think you did it. And I just don't think it's wise to keep going. But that's just me. I know that when HBO has a hit on their hands, they don't want to let that shit go. But look at it this way. True Detective was met was lightning in a bottle. I don't think any of us saw that first season coming with how freaking great it was. Just really, really good long-term storytelling. Southern Gothic by powerhouse performances with Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey and uh, just the aspects of, of using uh, very uh, Robert Chambers slash, you know, H.P. Lovecraft influence. I mean, it's, it's all there in this gritty crime noir detective story. But it wasn't supposed to progress any further than that. And, and, and But it became such a hit that HBO said, you know what, we should do this again. Let's uh, let's tell more stories. And, you know, we've, we've seen what happened with uh, season two and then now season three, which was an improvement but still it just it just didn't they couldn't capture it they couldn't capture it a second time and i feel like if we continue with the series of watchmen we're gonna have a similar situation and i don't think we should do that i got closure for the dr manhattan story i got closure for what happens with adrian veidt i got closure with i mean it I mean, Lori, she already had closure. We just got to see more of it. We got to see more of what started the uprise of masked vigilantism in this world. I mean, it, it, we got a full expansion on that in a, in a way that I don't think any of us saw coming. And I guarantee you, if Alan Moore were to check it out, this would be one thing he would actually go, you know what? That's not bad. I like that. Because, you know, he, he he fundamentally hates everything to do with any adaptations on his writing. So, you know, as is his right, he's been dicked around too much over the years. But nevertheless, I think if he really tuned into this TV show, he'd see that it is something special. It is not a disrespect to what he did before. On the contrary, I consider it a great homage and just an extra expansion that even he, even he probably didn't think about. Which might lead me to think that, uh, well, maybe he won't enjoy it that much because he'd be bitter that he didn't think of uh, these particular things ahead of time or while writing it. <laughs> I'd I'd, I'd kind of be bitter about that, but I would hopefully appreciate the new art for what it is, and what it is is a fantastic series. So, if you can, I highly recommend everyone check out Watchmen the show. But do yourself a favor if you haven't read the book, read the graphic novel. It's a great read. Even if you're not a comic book reader, there's a reason why this is still on the New York Times best-selling, like, 100 greatest-selling novels list. 
It's not even a novel. It's a graphic novel. It's a comic book. It's a 12-issue comic book series. You put it into one big trade and you read it and you just you read the sub-stories. You read the social commentary. You read about where life was back then and, you know, through the prism of this alternate reality. And then when you're done, watch the TV show and see where time took this uh, alternate world. I think it's fantastic. And that's all I have to say about it. But that will not be the last time we start talking about all the nerdy things. Mandalorian is still going. Uh, I think we're uh, I think season one's about to wrap up. Soon after that, we will get more in the Disney Plus world. And I want to talk about I want to talk about basically anything anything we can talk about. Uh, if you have suggestions, let me know. What do you want to hear me rant about? What do you want me to talk about? It doesn't have to be in the nerdosphere. It can be whatever. You know, you know how I like to drop some some uh, episodes where I just talk about where we are in life, where I am in life. We can talk about that. Some some interesting changes have happened uh, in the in the last couple months, and I like it. So let me hear from you. Share this. Listen. Tell people about it. Tell your friends. And also, don't forget, you can come check me out doing my thing. Uh, and my thing is playing movie trivia. I love it. I am involved in a couple of different movie trivia leagues. So you can come watch me either act like an idiot and play movie trivia or just watch me get super serious and play trivia while still probably looking like an idiot. But it's okay because I enjoy doing it. Uh, go on over to the uh, the Full Metal Trivia, the Multiplex Entertainment. Go check out the Movie Trivia Face-Off League. It's all on YouTube. You can find it there. Find the groups on Facebook. Join us if you think you have what it takes to be a Movie Trivia professional, as it were. Uh, and as always, you can find me at uh, on Twitter and Instagram at MarkTheBat or on Instagram at MarkTalkPodcast. Uh, I, I try to be as active on there as I can be, but, you know, it's it, it, it is what it is. So, that'll do it. And as always, stay classy, stay nerdy, and be cool with one another. You know, you prop. this will probably be the last episode of the year. Thank you for tuning in. It has been a stupendous year. I hope you all had a great holiday. Have a very happy New, year, uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, we'll be partying, so, you know, feel free to hit me up for the deets on that, maybe, if you're in town, and I'll see you in 2020.